0: Hello and welcome to Shattered Lives. I'm Kieran Bradley and I'm joined by the Irish Daily Mirror and Irish Daily Stars crime defence editor Mick O'Toole. Mick, how are you getting on?
1: Kieran, how's it going?
0: A busy, busy week for O'Toole. Uh, how's how's <laughs> it been since we last spoke?
1: It's been fantastic. I have to say, stories like this, you know, obviously we all have the daily grind of journalism and that sort of stuff. But see, when a story like, like this comes along, it just, I'm not going to say it, it invigorates you, but you just, you just really get into it, and you really, really love it. So, uh, just so listeners, I usually do it in, in my home. I'm in my car at the minute in sunny Wexford, and the reason why I'm here is we got a tip earlier this morning that the two men who were arrested on, who were rescued from the trawler and subsequently arrested, which was really the start of this drama, were going to appear in court. Now I, I'm satisfied they have been charged, but as things like this, you sort of I flew down the M11 this morning. To get here in time, so I've been here since half ten, because that's usually what time the court's open at. But it's actually going to be in Waterford District Court, so there was about 10 of us here 20 minutes ago waiting for the court to open. They've all now buggered off to Waterford, so I'm going to have to follow them as soon as this pod is done. I think it's, it's, what is it, 25 to 1 now. I think the court case is at about 2 o'clock, so it's about an hour away from here, so I better get my skates on when this is done. But that's the unpredictability of the whole thing. It's just, you got to go with the flow.
0: So obviously, we uh, you gave us a very comprehensive update after the story broke on Tuesday when we spoke on Wednesday. Can you give us a little bit more of an update as to what's happened in the meantime? I understand there's been quite a few developments since then.
1: Yes, so seven men are now in custody. So obviously, we had the two men who were on the trawler that ran aground Sunday night, Monday morning. Um, subsequent to that, On Tuesday, as you know, the Army Ranger wing raided the MV Matthew the Freighter, on which the 2.2 tonnes of cocaine were found. Now, the pilot, the captain, wasn't on that ship at the time. Remember, we were talking about how just coincidentally he developed an illness and had to be airlifted off on Monday morning, I think. Just really, it was really remarkable. The Coast Guard did their bit not knowing that there was a massive army and guard operation waiting in the wings to go and raid that ship. So it was only when the, the ship was raided and the cocaine was found that Gardy could arrest that man. Now, he was arrested at University Hospital Waterford. He had been, as I say, winched from the ship off the coast of, I think it was Wexford at the time, it was moving around. And in his land. he was arrested. Now, when they arrested him, only then could they search his belongings. And he had a bag with him. He brought the bag with him when he was being winched and he had had the bag with him. And when they opened it, they found 70,000 euro in cash or 70,000 dollars, 70,000. Well, I think they're at parity at the minute. So effectively, 70,000 euro. So now, the really funny thing about that, I learned about this last night, a couple of hours earlier, I'd been speaking to an expert in this because he was just trying to find out how much do you reckon, would the captain or the person involved in the conspiracy have been paid? So this now this this person would know, and he said, "I would estimate that that person, the the captain, shall we say, or the the person who was involved in the conspiracy on the ship, got seventy thousand dollars euros." And there would have been two other people working with him, and they would have got 30,000 euro between them, 15 grand each, or 2010. So then a few hours later, another source says to me, by the way, the captain had 70 grand on him when he was arrested. So it's just, just amazing how these things come out now. But the really interesting aspect of this, we thought it was a massive coincidence that he was injured or became ill. That Gardy would now be examining two scenarios. Firstly, that the, the crew realized they were banjoed and that everybody was after them and they beat the living daylights out of the captain but the other more likely scenario is the captain knew he was done for so he feigned an injury and I do know that he he, it was a suspected broken neck he had x-rays and all were done and there was no problem there so I think the view at the minute would be he thought right maybe he must have seen somebody was saying you know they may have seen a plane in the distance and they're going and that doesn't look right and he just got nervous and he got windy so effectively he feigned an an injury, probably threw himself downstairs or something to get taken off that boat. So when the special forces, the Irish special forces routed it, he'd been in his hospital going, nothing to do with me, Gov, I was uh, you know, evacuated. So it shows you how desperate he was and how dramatic the whole operation was and how fluid it was. Really, really interesting that he would do that. But it was just remarkable. Guy says to me, he thought the captain would have been paid about seventy grand, and then the guards arrest him, and there's seventy grand in his in his back pocket. Really remarkable.
0: Yeah, it's uh, and and do you have a sense of where he got those kind of figures from? Is there a bit of a flat rate for these kind of things, or uh,
1: there must be because this person would have an expertise in international drug smuggling. He would have been involved in the international aspect of it. So I wanted, I wanted really to pick his brains, and it's really 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 interesting because he said to me. I, now, this was early yesterday morning. He said, see that thing about the captain being helicoptered off? I don't buy that. I do not buy the coincidence. So I checked and the belief would be that he was either beaten up or he feigned it himself. So he, he knows of those. So then he said, yeah, look, you're talking 70, 70 grand for the captain. And he, would, he said he would have had two workers with him. There's 25 crew members on the boat. Not everybody would have known about it, some would have just been cleaners or whatever. So, he would his experience would be that the conspiracy on board, shall we say, would have been three people. The biggest money goes to the captain, he lets the drugs on his ship, but then he needs others, senior crew, to be involved in the conspiracy. And when you think about it, the captain wasn't on board when the ship tried to evade. Guardy and the naval service, when the naval service had to open fire. So, somebody was acting the bad boy there, and it wasn't the captain. So, it was really interesting when Justin Kelly gave his press conference on Wednesday. He said, You know, the crew have effectively been detained, but there may be more arrests as they work out the possible culpability of people. And that has come to light. So, uh, of the seven arrests, we know two were people on the trawler, one was the captain, and the other four. We're all crew members. Now, an arrest doesn't mean a prosecution or any culpability. It means that guardy have decided to, ho- to hold them and to interrogate them. They need to arrest them. So that's the stage we're at. Who knows what charges there will be? I-, I think we'd be pretty confident that the captain will be charged, even for money that he has. So he's in serious trouble. But others who are arrested may be able to talk their way out.
0: And how much longer do the Gardaí have with the uh, people they've arrested? I mean, are we looking at a time limit now?
1: Yes. So most detentions happen under a thing called Section 4 of the Criminal Justice Act. So if someone is arrested for murder or serious assault or rape, it's 24 hours maximum. And the way it works is the local superintendent can extend the first six hours. After that, it goes to the local superintendent for another six hours. And then the chief superintendent has to authorise the final 12 hours. So 6 and 6 and 12 is what guardy would say. But under there's other various legislation, and these people have been held under Section 50 of the Criminal Justice Act, which allows guardy to hold them for a week, which is quite stringent, but there are legal checks and balances. So after a certain amount of time, they have to go to a judge to get it extended. And I think within the week, you probably have to get it expen- extended maybe three or four times. And the judges do turn down extension requests. So the clock really is ticking, but it's longer than usual.
0: And uh... I, I may have missed this, but uh, are they Irish nationals? Are they foreign nationals?
1: No. no. So one is uh, a British national. One, I think two possibly are Iranian nationals. And I think the rest are Ukrainian nationals. So there's nobody Irish in this. But look, the interesting thing for me is this was a conspiracy. It, it wasn't happenstance that Guardy came across this. As we know, there was a major military and policing operation and and the European Union Anti-Drugs Organization and the NCA and the DEA in America were all involved in this. So it's a wider conspiracy. And there will have been people involved, saying sourcing cars to move the drugs around when, when the portion of it got to Ireland. So, you know, I do think that there will be more arrests. For example... The two men on the trawler didn't buy that trawler. Somebody else bought that trawler for cash on Friday. So that person's in trouble. But, you know, this is very much the the tip of the iceberg, shall we say. There will be more arrests because it's a major investigation.
0: Mm. And we we obviously touched on the money there and uh, the funding for this. Where are we, do you think, with regard to identifying those involved, maybe in a a potential wider conspiracy, obviously notwithstanding the fact that no one's been charged yet?
1: Yes, so I think we have certainty on this now. If you recall, we did. I, I think I said before that look, the Kenyan cartel. I mean, I asked Justin Kelly at the press conference. The obvious, he did say, the, the any ship that goes through Irish waters will have an Irish component in it. So, the, so an Irish gang will have been involved in some way in taking a portion. They do think a portion of the drugs were for here. Maybe some were for mainland Europe and some were for Britain. So. I asked Justin Kelly was the Kennehan's. He didn't really want to go into it, but we've been carrying out investigations and I'd be pretty, we we did a piece in the mirror in the star today. Garda are satisfied that the Kennehan's were involved in funding this. Now that's really interesting. So there might be a belief that the Kennehan's aren't that active in drugs supplying or drugs dealing on the ground in Ireland. Instead, they act as facilitators to other Irish gangs. And that would very much be the belief. You've got to remember Although other Irish gangs have connections to Colombia uh, and all around there, the Kenyans are the kings of this, so they have major contacts. So the belief would be that the Kenyan cartel from Dubai, we know Daniel and Christy and Christopher are over there, from Dubai, organised a financing deal for this, or provided financing for this, because you have to pay. I, I don't, I, it's been so hectic. I can't recall if I did in the last pod say that it was a, a, a group the, the cartel that sent the drugs over from America, South America were the Gulf clans. we talk about that?
0: No, I don't think so. I, 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 I,
1: I'll talk about that in a minute. So, but they would have had to be paid and they probably would have had to pay, ah, uh, maybe 50, between 40 and 60 million, depending because it's wholesale. So that money has to be paid up front. So the Kinehans were involved in financing that deal and they would have got their money out of it when the gangs got all their profits and everything. So the, the Gulf clan probably hasn't lost money in this. The Kinehans and all the other gangs who were borrowing... To give or who are involved in the scam with the Kinnehan's are seriously out of money. But I think at this stage the very strong conviction of the Gardish O'Connor, would be that the Kinnehan's financed and probably organized this whole thing for gangs in Ireland, Britain and Europe. So it is it's a very big hit for the Kinnehan cartel, there's no doubt about that.
0: Is it in any way a reputational hit for them in the sense of among uh, other gangs and drug dealers Like I realize of course this is a well operated operation I should say um but you know if you're kind of facilitating things if you if it's happening basically on your patch, is this going to reflect badly?
1: No, I think there would be an acceptance that i mean i think the other day I did say probably between ten and thirty percent is caught, so between seventy and eighty percent gets through, and I think this will largely be regarded as an occupational hazard. In other words, it happens. So, the, and look, it's a big... It's it, You know, Justin Kelly said this is a huge hit against whatever gang, I believe, the, car, the Kinnan cartel. It is a huge hit, but they will have other successes. And I, I mean, and it's an unending war. I just noticed in the last while that Maokan was involved in another operation off the coast of Spain in the last couple of days where they got a 1,000 tonnes. So half the value, slightly ha- less than half the value of this one. It's a, it's a breaking story. So that's another you know, maybe 75 million, I would say 220 million on the streets. You know, we've had this debate about the values, mm. but that's two big hits in one week and they keep coming. I was talking to somebody, Mark N has probably seized in the last maybe five years, 10 billion euro worth of cocaine. Mm. Wow. And that's a lot of cocaine. That's an awful lot of cocaine taken off the streets.
0: Absolutely. Um, there was this, uh, a slight kind of wrinkle in this story about the uh, the, the ships. Um, you might just bring us up to date with the Yeah. what happened
1: there. So, so the so just I if you recall, I tweeted that there's my the first story about this was when I tweeted saying, "Oh, there's a shed load of cocaine in the water," and I got to the bottom of that. Guardy did believe that the cocaine was in the water because they believed it was on the trawler. But essentially, we've cleared up the mystery. The mothership, shall we call it? and the daughter ship is the trawler. So the mother ship is the MV Matthew. They had both been under military surveillance, PAASs, PC-12, Air Corps planes, very fantastic surveillance equipment on them, massive operation, Naval Service, Air Corps, Guardian involved. And they were monitoring both, and they did, They actually saw them meeting off the coast of Wexford on Sunday night. So they the ships parted, and the natural supposition was that the, the the transfer had taken place. So the attention shifted from the M V Matthew to the, the trawler. But then they quickly realized within a couple of hours that the transfer hadn't happened. So the drugs were on the M V Matthew all of them. And that's that's why it was rooted. But it was just people were wondering what's the sort of story about this. So I'd be pretty happy that the two tips did meet, for whatever reason the transfer didn't take place. My best get bet guess is that it was because of the weather, very very choppy seas, and those two fellas on the the trawler weren't exactly the best sailors. I mean the stories are that they didn't have a clue, but they didn't know the difference between starboard and port, all the basic stuff. So maybe they had bottled it or whatever. So the the MV Matthew. I mean, RT did some really sterling work plotting this. You can do it on, on ship finders. And you can see that it went up to Wexford, where the ship, where the um, the, the, the trawler sank or went on on the sandbank. It stayed there for a while and headed back down towards Cork, where it was then intercepted. But it did spend about a day there. So maybe they were trying to make fresh efforts to get in touch with the ship. Or maybe they started panicking, as I said, when they realized they saw a couple of planes or whatever. It's very hard to mount... Discreet and secret surveillance like that, but I, I think that solves the mystery of where it was and why the stuff wasn't on the trawler.
0: Mm. So we we'll just talk what,
1: about. Sorry, I should talk. And mention about the the golf clan because one of the questions friend. I was asked uh, by me, Leslie, my editor, on the, the night it happened, because Justin Kelly did speak about a murderous cartel. So I was I was tasked with the easy task of finding out what cartel they believed. Sent the drugs. right? So I did. I got lucky. I got what one, one person told me. He said, it's this Clan del Golfo, which is the Gulf Clan. Now, it's very interesting. They're in Colombia. They're one of the biggest cartel. I think they are the biggest cartel in Colombia. But they're made up of former right-wing paramilitaries. Remember the whole civil war? They, they would have been fighting against last, last FARC and all that sort of stuff in the 90s and 90s. But this gang, but 1,200 of them, heavily armed, like a two military battalions, sort of say taking on the state, shooting soldiers and police officers all the time. They lost four tons worth of cocaine in Trieste in Italy last year. And also last year, their head was extradited by Colombia and sent to America. He pleaded guilty to drugs offences and got a 45-year sentence. But they are the chief suspects for sending this over. So to recap, it was sent over by the, the, the Gulf clan, clan del Golfo, organized and funded by the Canadian cartel for a number of European gangs, including one gang in Ireland, probably a couple in England and a couple in Uh, europe but justin kelly was right this is a transnational crime gang a transnational operation and his argument would be, and the argument of senior guard be guardie would be if they're transnational we have to be transnational as well so that's why you have all these joint operations because it really is the only way to take on these gangs
0: very good and so in the immediate future what are we what are we looking at now Uh, okay
1: so in in about three minutes i'm going to Pack this up and head off to Waterford. It's an hour away. So Fantastic. i have to be there for that. So, so those two uh, uh, guys who were arrested on the trawler have been charged with conspiracy to possess or import cannabis. Very serious charges. Um, when you consider, say, John Galligan got 28 years for importation of charges of cannabis. So, And that probably wasn't as much as this. So they're in trouble. So they'll be appearing in court. It's up to the judge, uh, as we say, used to say in the Regency but they may or may not apply for bail. We'll see what happens. But then the other people, the time is running out for them. So I would say the, the next person that the guards will have to decide if there's enough evidence to charge is the captain. I can give you my opinion that he probably will be charged. That could be tomorrow, because he was arrested the day after the the, the man, maybe 18 hours after the trawler men. So then that's that. And then the next thing will be the other four people who are in custody. The guards will have to decide what to do about them.
0: And there may be other arrests.
1: So I think this is going to be what we call a running story for quite some time yet. Very good.
0: We'll we'll, uh, we'll keep everyone listening uh, up to date with what happens over the coming days. But in the meantime, uh, Mick, get your skates on uh, down to the court and uh, we'll catch up with you next week.
1: Thanks for that. Thanks, Kieran. Cheers, Kieran.